Welcome back as we head into hour two, this uh, obviously heavy news day uh, having to do with the Trump indictment. But we are open lines on that or anything you want to talk about. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. If you missed my monologue on this in the first hour, it'll be on our website as all my at least the audio. All my monologues are nine sixty the patriot dot com. You can get it there usually uh, shortly after the show. Six zero two five zero eight. Zero nine six zero. Uh, let's go to calls. Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. Hey, Seth. How are you? Hey, quick. I'm doing excellent, sir. Um, I was listening to um, one of the shows on uh, Newsmax, and they had a, a Trump administration guy on that supposedly knew a lot about the record keeping, and he thought this was a setup. And here's why: he said, if you go back to uh, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush or Barack Obama. What the records department did is after they after their administration left, like when Bill Clinton left Washington, they chose a building right next door, real close, you know, and they put all the documents in there, tens of millions of documents at at the president's request, and of course they're allowed to to, you know, declassify anything. But the whole point is they literally delivered it to wherever it was. With Barack Obama, they even picked a, um, a, a strip mall, and they had tens of millions of documents. With George W. Bush, they delivered everything to Texas. And then it was very convenient for the president and the department to dicker, negotiate, and argue over whatever. With Trump, it was, again, and this is where I think we got to quit listening to how good it sounds. Like you said, your friends say, oh, no. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Oh, my God, how many times did we perp walk, um, all of us, time and time again? And they always sound sincere. But the whole point was, with President Trump, they that the... You you had a steel dossier. Didn't that sound important? Oh, my goodness, and they always sit there and they pull... British intelligence, former MI6, you know? Oh, yes, and they always talk very soft, and that way our brains get shut off because it sounds like a bunch of legal speak. When are we going to cut it out, wake up? They've got to prove they're they're not a bunch of liars because they got... He went over dozens and dozens and dozens of people, including Trump's lawyers. Part of why he loses all those lawyers is they actually attack and lawsuit many of his lawyers. But let me get back what they did with records. They said they weren't going to um, rent a warehouse. They insisted on delivering the documents to Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. They insisted they put it in his basement, and the only thing they requested after they revisited it was to put an additional lock on, mm-hmm. which he did. Mm-hmm. Now, so it's, that's why he said this is way out of character. So he said, now he said, then they insisted once it was in Mar-a-Lago, then they came back and started complaining that he, Trump has to deliver it all to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. Funny, funny. Now, now half, our, half the conservatives will go brain dead because if they say it's very sophisticated, like uh, he has to deliver it to Washington, D.C., instead of saying, wait a minute, that's a baloney, we're going to go, oh, but he said it's so sweet. It's, it's a total setup. And that way they could get them on procedures. But, you know, the whole thing, uh, how many dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times do they do this legal warfare over 
and over, and we sit there and say, but it sounds good. Well, and, right, and, and let me let me make this point again, and, and, and I may not have made it the right way, but my point is just because you get that first filing or the other side's filing, don't think that the inclination is to think, holy cow, and you know what I really mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. But that yeah. is not the final say. It's not even really the beginning of the end. It's, uh, well, it's, I would, it's just the beginning of the beginning. It's just the beginning, but I would actually go one step farther. I've been reading in Forbes and in Wall Street Journal since 2012 that Obama was politicizing the DOJ and the FBI. Of course, our conservatives and our establishment conservatives, nobody cared. Oh, you can't say that because they always fight for the institutions. Well, the institutions now are controlled by radical leftists yes, because he put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds while we sat there picking our nose and scratching our heads and getting proud of ourselves because we're talking very sweet. Yes. Well, he the left attacks. And we're, they're in full-out warfare of taking over, and we're worried about uh, discussing the legal ease of this. They should have to prove to every one of us that this is an, another one of their 100 scams. Well, and, and, you will be happy to know that one of the people I think you and I both consider, I don't want to speak for you, a fighter, is Jim Jordan. You will be ha- I love the guy. Good, good, good. We're on the same yeah. team in that respect. You will be happy to know he has fired off a very— well-written and pregnant with implications letter to the Honorable Merrick B. Garland, Attorney General. Uh, He is going to start an investigation over several oddities about this, one of the oddities, and... uh, and so they're going to they're going to be investigating the Attorney General on this, as well they should be. One of the oddities is uh, that this was all investigated from the Washington the FBI's Washington field office. Yeah. Normally, yeah. normally it would be near the locus of the crime and where the documents are. Why was the Miami field office not? That is one of the big questions. One of the FBI agents um, ha- who, has, um, who has reached out to Jim Jordan is complaining about, he was privy to some of these conversations according to this letter. He said, that never made sense to me. Why was this done out of Washington? Just to your point about Washington. Why was this done out of Washington? This, this should have been done at the Miami field office, which, you know, per force would be a less political office in the first place. Anyway, just one of which many things why- in Jim Jordan's letter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is why it wasn't in Miami. They had to keep the political forces together. You know, here, here's the whole thing is when Pence came in uh, today, he did the perfunctory establishment type thing was saying, oh, well, we just got to see how this com- Cut it out. Unless we realize we're on a political and legal warfare here, and literally, and then, of course, you got another establishment type who prides himself in being very spiritual and very sweet because he talks sweet. He has his hair crafted just right. Mitt Romney, he basically came out and said, you know, basically Trump is guilty. And so they always side with the Democrats. So the difference between an establishment Republican and a Democrat is very little. Hutchinson, the same thing. Trump is supposed to drop out. So Democrats can do an assault on our Constitution and these bozos 
are like Trump should drop out. In other I, words, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a what a what a, what a, what a thought. And um, I mean, he's yeah. a bozo. I'm tired of being sweet and talking nice to these I guys. Understand. I understand. I do. I mean, the, I, the, I think they're wastes of time and energy, quite honestly. Uh, oh, they're, because they're, they're not going they're, they're, they're not patriots. They're they're what they call. In the Revolutionary War, they called them sunshine patriots. Sunshine they patriots. like to sit and talk about it, but when it comes down to it, no, they won't defend it because they're more interested in the talk and being gentlemanly than sitting and fighting about it. And uh, they had no—the founders had no respect for those kind of patriots. And I agree, agree with Charlie Kirk, who I think I'm getting excited because I'm start finally starting to hear some passion and fight back because you know me for the last year i'm complaining about us you know well there's a lot of complaining to do charlie had an idea i heard this morning on radio on his show that every candidate running for the gop nomination ought to go to miami on the day of the arraignment and just stand yeah. there and just say you know you know that we, we don't don't even ask them about guilt or innocence just say this is wrong this is wrong yeah. This is wrong, and we all stand united that you have politicized an office that we will depoliticize. And even if you hate Trump, the idea that they would take our institutions and turn this into, like I was saying, legal warfare should be the main thing. I would stand with my enemy if they assaulted him. You have a sitting president. You have a sitting president right now. Yeah. Who, who, Who was in possession of classified documents against the Presidential Records Act. We don't yeah. even know how many, by the way. We don't know how many. We're told items. We don't know if that's boxes or papers. We don't know how yeah. many in four different places, including a garage. When he was, that was visited by not only Hunter Biden, but Hunter Biden and female company. Yep. I mean, <laughs> he's in charge of Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland's in charge of Jack Smith, the special prosecutor. By the way, special counsel, special prosecutor here, uh, special counsel Jack Smith, rather, special counsel Jack, answers to Merrick Garland. It's not an independent yeah. counsel. It's a special no. counsel. He answers directly counsel. to Merrick Garland. Yeah. This didn't yeah. have yep. to be done. This was a choice. No. I got to run. Yep. Doug, bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for calling. Always nice hearing from you. I'm Seth, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Open lines Friday, 602-508-0960. Mike is in Carefree. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good, Seth. And you? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, it, it occurs to me as, as I'm watching nonstop on all the news outlets about this. It's like, it, it clearly, as you say, it's a procedural crime, uh, at best a misdemeanor. Uh, and so forth, but more importantly... Not even. I mean, the Presidential Records Act was deliberately meant to be a civil infraction, not even a criminal infraction. So they've bootstrapped, uh, what, seven or eight criminal violations to get us there onto it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Mike. That's okay, but the the bigger picture, when Mark spoke of idiots and idiotists are really just saying the common man, the Democrats should be politically savvy enough, if they've ever studied any history at all, to know that when you allow this to occur, eventually it comes back on you. Stalin slaughtered Trotsky. Mao killed his number two. Hitler killed his own personal army. And on and on and on and on. It's like the people that think that, that when you 
allow the rule of law to go by the wayside, that somehow it won't affect you. It's, it's just stunning. <laughs> I was just it's, thinking Harry Reid getting rid of the filibuster. Yes, right, yes, right, 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 right. right exactly, right. exactly. Right. I mean, all the wisdom that was in the Constitution, and they want to get rid of it. Yeah. that It's a good point, Mike. Um, you know, the, the crashing and breaking of norms, uh, it can only it can only really work uh, if you have the entirety or the near entirety of the media on your side. And it is shocking to me, simply shocking to me how much of the media is here and how much they're not asking questions. It is a little bit more than curious, isn't it, that this yeah. this this indictment came down the same day, the very same day that we were learning about uh, the FBI informant who had the goods on the $10 million that was uh, allegedly paid to Joe and uh, and Hunter Biden from Burisma. It's a little bit interesting to me that that just happened. What would otherwise be a big story took place on the same day when, as Brett Johnson was saying, this indictment came pretty darn quickly after the raid. A little quicker than most people would have thought. They say it gets curiouser. Yes, and curiouser. curiouser and curiouser, Mike. Thank you. What do you think? Do you, do you think all the Republican candidates ought to go down to Miami for the arraignment and just a show of solidarity Absolutely. against this kind of nonsense? The, the platform for the Republican Party should be one thing and one thing only: the rule of law in yeah. America. Yeah, restoring because them. it encompasses border security. The, the abuse of how about just the return the of norms? Let's take the, how about a return to normalcy? Just the return of norms. Let's take what Joe Biden promised us and say he promised we'll deliver. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate. It. Thank you very much, Alan Dershowitz. This morning, Trump indictment doesn't pass the Richard Nixon test. Harvard Law School professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz warned of the dangerous consequences posed. By the federal charges launched against former President Donald Trump, arguing the indictment's weak appearance does not meet historic precedent. Quote, it has to be at least as strong as the case against Richard Nixon, which we will remember led not to Democrats to demand his resignation, but Republicans. His own colleagues came to him and said, this case is too strong. We can no longer support you. Close quote. Quote, I haven't seen any suggestion that Republicans agree. With this indictment, the professor continued. Trump himself announced the indictment. This is the second time he's been indicted, blah, blah, blah. Dershowitz. Quote, if this indictment is as weak as it appears from what has been disclosed, it may be the most dangerous indictment in political history. As everybody knows, it's the first time that a man who is the leading uh, candidate against the incumbent president has been indicted by the incumbent administration in an effort to prevent him from running. Close quote. I would tie to that the point Joe Pollack made, and it's an important one. Let's not forget it. Trump is known to have been impeached twice, right? Not convicted, but impeached twice. And what was the first one? It was the call to Ukraine. It was the call to Zelensky. It was the phone call. And it was a phone call about foreign policy, and it was a phone call from Donald Trump asking if he could provide any help in investigating uh, 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 any help in the investigation uh, that 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 uh, that uh, involved Hunter Biden. And everyone said, "What did everyone say? What was the impeachment about?" Donald Trump 
using his office to what? Investigate his leading opponent. His leading opponent. Joe Biden. That's what Donald Trump was impeached for. Investigating his leading opponent. Accusations of investigating his leading opponent. In a phone call as president to another president. Well, what is this? What is this? You open this Pandora's box, you will unleash unleash passions that will not easily be controlled. Um, That's what Joel Pollack concluded at the end. Smartest thing Joel's written, I think, because eminently true, and I think we're forgetting that about Donald Trump's first impeachment. It was impeachable to investigate your leading political opponent as president. That was an impeachable offense. Well, what's the over-under that there will be impeachment charges brought up against Joe Biden for this? Or Merrick Garland? What do you think? 50-50? We have a majority in the House. 50-50? 60-40? I think it's an entirely plausible scenario that Joe Biden could have impeachment proceedings or Merrick Garland could have impeachment proceedings leveled against him, and I think he should. I think they should do it. I mean, normalcy has been shattered here. Norms have been shattered. Mark Levin was making the point earlier. Mark Levin knows of what he speaks in these areas. He used to work for the Department of Justice as Ed, in, um, in, uh, under Ed Meese. Uh, <clears throat> they, he said the Presidential Records Act, which was passed in 1978, was deliberately non-criminal, deliberately non-criminal. And he said um, in an interview I saw him on earlier today, if this had happened under Ed Meese as attorney general and they were trying to get the records from uh, or documents or classified information of any kind from their predecessor, who would have been Jimmy Carter, he said Ed Meese would have called former President Carter, would have called and said, send the documents, send the documents. We don't want to have to do this the hard way. And we're planning to do it the hard way if you don't. That's what would have happened. That would have been decent. That would have been normal. Instead, midnight raids. We'll be right back. Bank failures, stock market volatility, inflation, possible recession, Why Refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to any of that, not the stock market or the Fed. A portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio from Why Refi, and they're based here locally. You can visit them. They're they're over uh, on Scottsdale Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there. You won't get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. And when you meet with the team at Why Refi, you'll see why I trust them and like them so much. And you can too. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a ten point two five percent rate of return. That's right, a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi dot com. That's invest the letter Y then R E F Y dot com, or call eight 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 Y Refi thirty four eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. Did you learn anything this week, David? What did you learn this week? We have to do that. It's we haven't done minute. that. Huh? That it's been a minute since we did this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. By the way, that expression, I want to do, I, I want to ban it. 
it's been a minute. It, I want to ban the expression, it's been a minute. You want to ban it? Yeah, I don't like it. So we should say it's been It's been a while. It's fine. You, classic. You like classics this whole? It's I been a minute. Where did that come from all of a sudden? I don't know. I don't like it. Welcome to the arena, Bill. It's too <laughs> cute by half. By both halves. It's just too cute. And we got Bill in here, too. Do you yeah. agree with me? It's been a minute. We don't like it, do we? I agree. It has, in fact, been longer than one minute. It's been, in fact, longer than a minute. Anyway. I think precisely it's been about three or four You learned weeks. how to make a sandwich and reduce the <laughs> size and oh, volume yeah. of the tomato. i start the depreciating humor about my tomato-filled sandwiches. <laughs> Deprecating? Yes. Go ahead. Um, uh, no, uh, during the past three or four weeks, I did learn that um, – are you familiar at all with Bill Withers' discography? A little. A little bit. Uh, so you know his, his most famous song. Go on. Ain't No Sunshine. Yes. Uh, that's when She's Gone. Song. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I discovered that um, that large uh, phrase where he repeats, I know, I know. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. I what know. about that is curious. What do we know about that? Um, he actually, in the recording studio, he forgot a whole stanza of the song and just improved it. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what a Mondegreen is? Yeah, I've heard it on the show before. It's, it's not as um, interesting as a reverse Mondegreen. A Mondegreen is a misheard lyric, but a reverse Mondegreen is an invented word, which that comes close to being. It's not exactly, because I know is I know, is yeah. a real word, but there are songs with reverse Mondegreens, made-up words, like Pompatus of Love or Ah Meta in the song Jet. Um, all that stuff Lionel Richie is doing in All Night Long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, reverse Mondegreen. It comes close to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we know. And Thank now you, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. There used to be an NBC thing, uh, like, and now we know, or now you know, or something like that. The more you know. The more you know. The more you know. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Bill, it's nice to have your voice back on the show. Well, thank you, Seth. I learned something this week. What did you learn this week? Headline from ABC News, Fort Bragg becomes Fort Liberty, an Army's most prominent move to erase Confederate names from bases. So the Army has given the fort title-affirming care. (laughs) You know, I never quite understood why they named it Fort Bragg in the first place. Fort – it's it's, uh, North North Carolina, right? Fort Bragg was named after uh, 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 Buckster Bragg and he, he just was not a good general. He lost a lot of wars in the Civil War. So he wasn't even good for a minute. He, yes. <laughs> he wasn't even good for a minute. All right. That was our learning for the week. We, anything else? No? Yes? No, I, I'm just a blank slate. I, I you are wait. not. <laughs> What's your pin? Uh, today I have Pat Brown for me. This would have been from the 1966 California governor's race. Pat Brown for me. Reagan won by a million votes. Mm-hmm. No one thought Reagan could do it either. And Pat Brown's campaign was really nasty. Yes, very nasty. It was it was making fun of Reagan for making monkey movies and for all being kinds. Being an actor, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a nasty campaign. Father of Jerry Brown, who's mm-hmm. still with us. Yes. Um, but you know, it was it, it was it was the first time people began to underestimate began the the to realize that underestimating Ronald Reagan was to do so at your peril. Yes, because I think Reagan thought he could do it. Yeah, and Reagan knew he could do it. Yeah, right? and Reagan knew he could do it. You betcha. Speaking of Ed Meese, you know, that's how Ed Meese became attorney general. Reagan was attracted to him as the district attorney in Alameda County who was tough on the the, um, 
on the uh, on the activists. All right, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. I didn't say I liked the song, by the way. I do think he has better things in his discography. Yeah, as well. he certainly does. Just the Lovely two of day. us. Yeah. Yeah. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, they're all conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure here at home. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. The patents have been filed, and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see devastating implications. The end of financial privacy, the end of cash, big government able to see or have repurchase. Could there be ties to social credit? Own private currency. Gold and silver, and now you can get free silver just for asking the Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call the Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000, or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com. If you missed my monologue on um, the Trump indictment got a lot of feedback on it. You can get it at 960thepatriot.com, top of the first hour. With other news, I mean, there is other news out there, and I don't want it to get lost in this, but you can call on anything. Let me give you a couple things I'm tracking that I think are important. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know who he is, um, Facebook, right? And Meta, I guess, Alpha, yeah. And he, um, he, uh, he, would, he did an interview yesterday, and listen... Steve Martin would say, listen to this. Um, Just take some of the stuff around COVID earlier on in the pandemic where um, there were real health implications, but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of the scientific assumptions. And, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of the kind of establishment on that, um, you know, kind of waffled on a bunch of facts and, you know, asked for a bunch of things to be censored that in retrospect ended up being you know, more debatable or, or true. And that stuff is really tough, right? It really undermines Trump. <laughs> the stuff they asked to be censored turned out to be true. Yeah, CF Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, fair enough. Um, will it get covered much? Mark Zuckerberg admits that they had to censor stuff that turned out to be true. No, this is never going to, this, this will never, no accountability on this will ever take hold here. It'll never happen. We're just going to, Realize that the elites ruined three years of our current lives and multiple years down the road of our economy and our children's emotional and mental health. And by the way, I maintain our adults, a lot of adults' mental health, too. A lot of adults. We're just not the same. Whoever said you can't turn the light switch right back on as you turned it right off was absolutely right. We're not even close to getting that switch back on. A lot of lights went out. A lot of lights went out, and nothing's going to be done about that. Nothing, not at all. Another big piece of uh, another big story. I don't want us to get lost. I don't want to get lost. You know, I've been on a on a kick about the uh, paternalism of the Democratic Party, the paternalism 
that is so strong in them thinking they own our children and the parents don't own their children. Um, this has been uttered from many precincts, particularly, uh, yes, union leaders, teachers union leaders, but also the president of the United States. Um, he has said they are our kids. When they're in school, they are our kids. Uh, this has been said by the head of the DNC, who ran for governor of Virginia, former governor of Virginia, and, and when he ran for governor of Virginia as well. He was also a former member, uh, chairman of the DNC, Terry McAuliffe, when he said that uh, the parents don't get to say, don't get to say uh, how to raise their children when they are in the schools. These are, by the way, called public schools, meaning public meaning public. You want to call them government schools, then let's call them government schools. I'm all for it because that's what they are becoming. That's what they are trying to do. Be government schools, not public schools. There is a difference between the public and the government. One is to serve the other and not the other way around. Um, By the way, part and parcel of, of my concern here, the paternalism here, of concealing from parents, uh, teachers and administrators concerning uh, concealing from parents, um, what they are doing with the kids and what the kids want done to themselves, not knowing anything because they're kids, they're children, they're just that, kids and children who don't know anything, which is why they're in school in the first place and why they don't have the same rights adults have in the first place, why they're not called parents or adults in the first place. Um, you know, the notion we always had was in loco parentis, Latin phrase for meaning while you're here, we will act instead of the parent for certain purposes, for certain purposes. But it has now moved on to the far more extreme notion, Latin phrase of parents patriae, which is, which is what tyrannous, uh, which is what tyrannies do. The state is the father. The state is the parent. And Joe Biden yesterday uh, asked a scripted question from a reporter at NPR, by the way, a government age, a government funded, a government funded media outlet asking the head of the United States government a question about anti-trans legislation. Biden said exactly this: "Quote: Extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors." By the way, I mean, to say nothing about targeting transgender children, I don't know what they, the heck he's talking about, and I don't know about terrifying families, but this criminalizing doctors thing, why don't you talk to California about that? Why don't you talk about the state of California, or why don't you talk about the FDA, about the FDA and what doctors could advise patients with regard to COVID strategies? criminalizing doctors. He's all of a sudden against, we're not criminalizing doctors. But that's not the best part of the quote or the most important or the most salient part of the quote. I now continue, quote, these are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel and it's callous. It's not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. Our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft, close quote. Now, what's interesting about that quote and this story is that it was a scripted answer. And you know it's a scripted answer because Joe Biden has never been so articulate as to say something like, our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. That's not (laughs) – who wrote that for Joe Biden? I don't care. It's actually, you know, not a bad quote in and of itself. (laughs) Our, Our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. 
we're just against cutting those strings. That's what we're against. But he said it twice. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel and it's callous. It's not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. No, they are somebody else's kids. They, in point of fact, are the parents' kids. They are not Castro's kids. They are not Stalin's kids. They are not Xi Jinping's kids. They are not Pol Pot's kids. They are not Maduro's kids. They are not Ortega's kids. That's the view of those countries. The child is the child of the state. And the unelected leader of that state, the dictator of that state, is the father. That's not how we do it here. Or maybe it is now. When I was raising Dagny the Wonder Dog in her uh, infancy, this is the song I would sing her. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just it, she liked to dance to it when she had her hearing <laughs> as a little girl. <laughs> she doesn't have her hearing much anymore. Selective maybe a little bit, but she does take that morning walk every day. I have to get up earlier and earlier to do it because of the heat, but she she won't let me not do it. How's that for some double negatives? So the question I think that we need to be asking, and let me highlight again, if you missed my monologue, you can get the audio of it at 960thepatriot.com from the first hour. got a lot of feedback on it. Um, the other thing I want to highlight is Jim Jordan is on the case, which is good and right, and you, can, you should take a look for his letter. You can get it at judiciary.house.gov, his letter to um, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States. Just remember... One thing here about all this, they didn't have to do this. They didn't have to put the country through another frenzy. There were a million other ways. That's exaggerating, and I shouldn't do that. But there were at least 10 other ways you could think of that those documents could have been retained or brought back to Washington or wherever they wanted them to go. The archives wanted them to go. About 10 other ways to do this without the indictment of a former president, which is itself a thing, but not as much of a thing when you contemplate the fact that he is the leading candidate against the guy who indicted him. He's a leading candidate against Joe Biden. And he, when he was president, Donald Trump, was impeached, recall, the first time for seeking information about the Biden family. And by the way, as an emailer wrote me correctly, correcting Alan Dershowitz, who I was quoting earlier, wrote, Biden wasn't even a declared candidate when that impeachment took place in 2019. Wasn't even a declared candidate at that point. And the call had taken place sooner than that. In any event, folks, um, I hope, I hope that I'm not alone in thinking the House Republicans need to serious, cons- seriously consider impeaching Garland or Biden over this, hamstringing a political opponent and an election and suppressing it. Because Donald Trump will be advised not to talk about this, whether a journalist asks, whether he wants to talk about it. 
or whether it's on the debate stage. And the judge may issue a gag order on it, preventing him from talking about it. He can't talk about the biggest story and the biggest history precedent-breaking effort by the current Department of Justice and President of the United States. Talk to me now about election interference, huh?